You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Crazy, I believe that we, uh, we're we catching up to you guys with temperatures down here in the south, man. Tim, and people are going, of course it's warmer down there, Clayton. No. I think it might be a little colder down here at the moment. It's pretty wild, dude. I think we're winning. Uh, we might crack 35 degrees today at some point. <laughs> Heat wave. Look hey. at that. <laughs> yeah, we got down to, like I said, about 15 or 16 last night, and I took uh, I took Lincoln and Ed out this morning. Lincoln don't care. Lincoln will stay out there all day. He's He's got enough body weight and heat. You know, he's good. Ed, a little bit, little Miss Ed looked at me like, you have lost your mind if you think I'm spending <laughs> more than two minutes out here. So if she had to survive in the wild, she is, uh, <clears throat> we've messed up. We've already messed her up by domesticating her. She's, uh, she thinks she's something else. <laughs> See how many times you walk downstairs, she's on the couch with an arm propped up, a side eye, and you're like, why are you in my room? Like, what are you doing here? Just like her papa, right? Just like her mama. What are you talking about? Bro? <laughs> kidding me? I could sleep anywhere. I could lay down here on the floor and uh, and have no problem. Mandy, she's bougie though. <laughs> so, um, all right. She's probably listening to this, going that mother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So we got an email uh, yesterday. I do want to give a shout out to Jordan. I'm not, I'm not going to mention the last name. Um, uh, I'm assuming. It's a uh, it's a man, um, you know, uh, of course, you know, name Jordan, it could kind of go both ways. But, man, what a what an awesome email um, kind of told his backstory, his, uh, you know, how he grew up north of Green Bay and uh, and just his appreciation for the pack, love for the Packers. And uh, I won't go into all the details of the email. I just know that he's probably listening. And I want you to know, Jordan, the the offer you propose is, is absolutely awesome. I'll be reaching out to you about it. Um, and, uh, I just want you to know that the words mean more than the offer. Um, the words that you wrote in that email, um, everything we're trying to accomplish with this show, you kind of confirm for us. And, um, it means the world. It really does. Especially from someone who's been a lifelong Packer fan, uh, right there in green Bay in the area. Um, and, uh, I'm sure you've, done just as much as anyone to help support uh, everything around Lambeau Field and all that. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go long-winded on it. There's no way I can show the amount of gratitude I have for you taking the time to type out that long email. But thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you in the future about the Packers for sure. So uh, with that being said, man, we're going to talk a little defense <clears throat> this morning, Tim. And I thought we would kind of start off with uh, – with a little bit of uh, positivity on the Packers front here, uh, PFF Green Bay Packers tweeted this out. You can follow them at PFF underscore Packers. Tweeted out Carl Brooks, highest graded defensive lineman in the NFL for week 12, 91.5. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he was the highest graded defensive lineman. I know we had shared a graphic last week, and it seems like he's trending up. 
But, uh, man, Carl Brooks, is uh, he's about to play himself into a starting position. And I'll tell you, if you want to get the best out of Devontae Wyatt, this is this is probably the best way to do it, right? Yeah, nothing nothing wrong with a little competition, right? Um, and when you got a guy stepping up, you know, you got to give him a shot down the stretch here. And, uh, again, we got to shout out Jacob. Jacob, uh, Jacob called this uh, miles away. We've had our eye on Carl Brooks. And, um, you know, you see it, you got to say it, and Jacob called it. So uh, real happy to see Carl Brooks making Jacob look like a genius right now, for sure. Um, he's balling out. And, um, you know, bright future ahead for this uh, defensive front um, with guys like this in the mix, you know, and the you know development of uh, LVN and some other pieces that we've got. So uh, real happy for Carl Brooks. Um, who knows, maybe he'll have an even better grade after this week, you know. So uh, another player with uh, – really high ceiling. So just good to see, man. You know, the more guys that step up, the more we can make this playoff push here. I think you're on mute, Clayton. Of course I am. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and to kind of see how deep this roster is, you know, the playoffs, that's, that's what it is, is it's a, it's a, a gauntlet test, right. To see just how deep the roster is. Typically the team who's standing at the end, they have the best overall roster in my opinion. Um, you know, everybody's banged up at that point, my goodness. And it seems like as you get into the playoffs, people are just like, all right, put the injuries on the back burner. Let's finish strong here. If you uh, if you go out for the rest of the year, we go out for the rest of the year, but let's leave it all on the field. Um, it would be awesome to see some of these young people step up as we, uh, as we get into the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Let's go to the chat for a second before we get too deep into the defense. Man, the chat is lit this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bleed Green in the chat says – uh, I know it was two years ago and two completely different teams, but our defense held them uh, to uh, 14 points, and one of the touchdowns came off the short field because of our special teams. Um, y yes, it was two years ago, uh, Bleed Green, but I know people that I trust within like the uh, uh, people that focus on the gambling community and that type of thing. One of the things that they take, they put a lot of stock in. I just don't have time to do it because I, I really want to focus on the field, the X's and O's. You guys see, I'm I'm struggling to keep up with getting all the content out that I want to create. I know people message me all the time. They're like, you're doing two shows a day, sometimes three, man. How are you doing? I'm going, I wish I could do four because there's still so much more to talk about. Um, but they focus on coordinator versus coordinator. And to the best of my knowledge, Tim, it's going to be the same coordinator matchup, right? It's it's going to be Matt LaFleur, Colin plays against Spags, right? And then, of course, Andy Reid, who is – pretty much called the plays the entire time. He let Eric Bieniemy do it for a little bit because people were saying he wasn't getting enough credit because Andy Reid was still calling the plays. Um, and Andy may have someone else calling them now, but we all know this is Andy Reid's offense. Everything he wants done, he's got the mock. He can say it in a blink, and it's there. He's putting the game plans together. So when you look at the coordinator matchups, I mean, essentially what you've got is Matt LaFleur, who is our OC, I think we would all agree. He's the play caller in Green Bay versus Spags, their defensive coordinator. And then, of course, you got um, Andy Reid, their offensive mind, against Joe Barry, to the best of my knowledge, was the defensive coordinator. That was his first year when they played the Chiefs, I believe. I'm correcting that. I could be wrong. It might have been Petten. But nonetheless, that's what you really want to key in on. So, you know, Bleed Green, I don't think that's uh, – you know, when you say I know it was two years ago, yeah, a lot of things have changed. They don't have Tariq Hill anymore. Um, there's – you know, obviously we don't have Aaron Rodgers, which we didn't for that game, but we don't have Devontae Adams as well. Um, we've lost several uh, several pieces too, but I think there's a little bit of truth to that, Tim. What do you think uh, going into this matchup, though, man? Do you think uh, you think it'll look similar? Because that was a I remember it being an extremely low scoring game. Yeah, um, I think you 
you're spot on with your assessment here. Um, there are some of the same uh, coordinators and coaches involved. Personnel may have changed a little bit for both of these teams. Um, I'll tell you one thing that's changed in the last two years is our special teams. Um, I feel like our special teams is less of a liability right now. We we have a punter right now that can absolutely hammer that ball down the field uh, when we need him to. And, um, you know, we've got a better return game uh, than we had two years ago. So special teams is not the liability it used to be. Um, right. I remember those days. It, it was. It was costing us games. Um you know, so playoff games. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's been shored up uh, a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, things are humming right now for us offensively. So, you know, we can talk about uh, this Kansas City defense all we want. Um, you know, we're going to respect them and we're going to do our homework, but we're not going to be intimidated or afraid. You know, we're our offense is starting to click now. Um, it'll be a great entertaining game to watch for sure. But um, I think we'll see similarities, and we could see a lower scoring game. I mean, we, we talked about the over-under uh, last night on uh, PTA Live, and, you know, they're talking like, 40, what was it, 42 points or something like that? Yeah, 42. So that, I mean, that right there tells you even, you know, the odds makers are looking at this as a kind of a lower scoring close game. So you could be on with that. Um, and, again, I love talking about stuff like this because I get to say things like this. I don't care what the final score is. We want the dub. Let's win by one, whatever it takes. But um, no, I think it's going to be a great game, but we will see some similarities, but I don't think it'll be, you know, carbon copy type of uh, performance. Yeah. And I just looked it up. It was Joe Barry. That was his first year as DC in 2021. So um, Paul Robertson in the chat said, well, here are the parameters for winning the game. Hold KC to 23 or less. Win the time of possession by several minutes at least. Force two turnovers. Hold them to 100 yards rushing or less. Um, I think if you do all those things, you've got a great, great opportunity to win the game. There's no doubt. I'm not so much – I'm not very big on the yards aspect of the game. Um, you know, to me, what wins ball games is bend but don't break. I know people hate hearing it, but the facts are the facts. Um, holding teams to field goals rather than giving up touchdowns. The time of possession, yes, it matters if you're uh, – from a standpoint of – Typically, if the other team wins the time of possession, yes, the defense can be on the field a lot of the time and they're giving up third down conversions, things like that. But most of the time, it means your offense is sputtering, right? So if you're going to tell me, you know, lack of points on the offense is a direct reflection of the time of possession, okay, you know, I'll uh, I'll definitely concede to that. But uh, to me, it's all about points. It's all about what we do on Chalk Talk. You're probably kind of catching on to how I look at the game. It's what you do in those key moments. Put it this way. Yards can be very, very, very deceptive. If a team goes down the field, right, let's say we we punt the ball, they start at their 10, they go down 80 yards, right, and get down to the 10-yard line, right? The 80 yards in time of possession, let's say it's a 13-play drive, whatever, right? You've grinded the clock out. You're winning time of possession. You're winning yardage and everything. Then you turn the ball over inside the uh, inside the 10 yard line and you don't even come away with any points or you hold them to a field goal. We go right down the field with three plays, score a tutter and we're up seven to three, which outcome would you rather have? Right. And that's why people, when I look at the yardage, I kind of kind of giggle a little bit. Typically not that you're doing this, Paul, but typically when people try to point out yardage stats, they're trying to fit a narrative. They're trying to cherry pick something to go, Hey, look, this is what the issue is right here. When in all honesty, um, 
you might have been saving your best plays for a crucial third down as opposed to a first down where they they ran off, you know, uh, an explosive play of 30-some yards. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form should you be okay with explosive plays. It's just that's kind of how I see it. Um, Omer in the chat said a muff, a muff punt too. Still, we only lost the game 13-7. to seven. It's wild to think back on that and uh, how that muff punt – you, you should have lost that game by two scores easy, right? Uh, Paul Robertson in the chat said, well, if you want to hold the Chiefs down like we did two years ago, you need to see what Jacksonville did to them. Uh, but that was earlier in the season when KC still figuring out their offense. You're thinking in the right vein, Paul. Um, that's what I've always been told by people that I trust is go back and look at what what's on tape in being successful against this team, what's on tape not being successful, and then look at the four game saturation, especially and your last two to two head map, head uh, you know head to head matchups, right? Uh, that's kind of how you want to go into a game, Tim. I mean, that's that's going to give you all the information you need to know because you can definitely get, you know, the whole uh, uh, get paralyzed by too much information. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you know, the key things are, like you said, man, get off the field on third down, you know, and and these drives before they start. Um, don't allow this team to build momentum on you. And, um, you know, holding, holding uh, a team to under 100 yards rushing, I'm trying to remember the last time, the last time that happened, have we have we done that at all this year? Have we held an opponent to less than 100 yards on the ground? I'm sure we have, but it sure feels like it's a few and far between. If we right, you know? right. So we have to, um, you know, we do have to take that into consideration. I mean, really, when I see that, what you're saying is, you know, you've got to, you know, bend but don't break. Yes, but you got to get in there and stop that run every once in a while. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. a guy at the line or you know, stay gap uh, sound and disciplined, set your edges appropriately um, and, and contain that. Um, but, you know, Kansas City's got multiple ways to attack you. So that's where doing what you said is important, you know, checking your your four game you know, saturation of, of film and looking at previous matchups, look at some of the things that uh, they like to do to catch us off guard so we can be prepared for them. Um, you know, it's an Andy Reid coach team, guys. You know, what are you going to what are you going to do? The guys, uh surefire first ballot hall of famer and um you know knows what he's doing uh, i believe we talked about that the other night he's the winningest coach in chiefs history and in philadelphia eagle history you know like the guy wins for a reason so it's going to take an all-out effort both sides of the ball but um you know you're right particularly our defense limiting that uh that offense to um you know, those explosive plays, we got to, we got to keep a handle on that. And we, we do, we have to, you know, stop the run and get off the field on third down. Those are all true statements, but I'm with you, Clayton. I don't get too much into the the weeds when it comes to the yards and things like that. We want to limit the scores. We want to limit first downs and uh, definitely being plus one plus two, you know, is going to be huge too. You know, we got to try and play mistake-free football because Kansas city is a team that will, that is great at that. If you have a hiccup, during the game or you make a mistake, you will pay. You yeah. will pay. If you turn the ball over, they will score and it's going to cost you. So, you know, we've got to, got to be on our a game for sure. We cannot take this uh, opportunity for granted because this is uh, a chance for this Packers team to really step up and show this league who they are, you know? So yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to the game Sunday. Definitely. Paul Robertson said, I'm still mad at Clayton for his Dallas winning a Super Bowl comment last night. <laughs> hilarious first thing paul thought of when he woke up this morning man he hadn't even <laughs> his teeth yet he said that damn clayton can you believe he said that about the guy oh man i'm just saying man i'm a coach mike fan i think it would be pretty cool to have uh the packers and the cowboys meet in the playoffs and have the uh, have the packers beat them 
um, that would be awesome too to kind of rekindle that old, you know, rivalry, right? Because obviously the Packers having a down year last year. Um, the nineties were fun, man. I wasn't even a Packer fan at the time, right? And become a Packer fan until 03. Wasn't really an NFL fan. But I remember those Cowboys, Cowboys Packers matchups in the nineties and John Madden calling the game. And oh, it was just absolutely awesome. Omer in the chat said, Love is gonna have to be very careful on third and a uh, third and long. No INTs, no lost fumbles which uh, he, he's lucky he is uh, not lost lately. Uh, no bug sacks. Um, as me and Paul have said, let him run some. That will mess Casey's uh, D up. Yeah, I would like to see a little read option mixed in, maybe a little RPR action for sure. Um, I wouldn't mind that one bit. Bleed Green in here says, Paul, I was looking at making a cardboard head cut out of Joe Barry for Clayton because I could not find a full body one. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, you find a Joe Barry cardboard cutout. Right here for everybody to see. <laughs> Leaning over your shoulder. Yeah, and I will pay you for your service. You got to get that shot of him smiling at, at Rashawn in the locker room. Yeah, that little, that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like – I'm trying to think of the – what was it? Was it the big boy logo back in the day, the little guy grinning or whatever? Oh, the yeah, <laughs> where he's holding the holding the burger. <laughs> we, we Back home we call that a – I won't use the, the language we use, but it was a, a crap-eating grin, right? <laughs> we say grinning like a – a possum eating crap, or I've cleaned it up today. And for the podcast, I say grinning like a possum in a dumpster. Same thing, same thing. So anyway, yeah, we need that cardboard cutout. There's no doubt about that. Paul Robertson says, question for the chat. If I said the Packers had 340 yards on offense, 120 of them on rushing, uh, no penalties and no turnovers versus the Chiefs, do you think we win? What's the score? Again, yeah. it goes hand in hand with what we just said, Paul. I think we should uh, win that game, but I don't know if we can say we will. Right. And he goes on, up or what? Yeah, and, and this is a perfect case study right here, Paul, um, of what we were just talking about, right? Everything he just said, and then he goes, bang. Well, that's what the Raiders had, and they still lost by two touchdowns. Bingo. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's situational football. It's what do you do in those crucial moments? How do you play under pressure, with poise? You do like Michael Lombardi talks about. See, listen, Michael Lombardi didn't think of this on his own. This is how head coaches think. The first quarter is the opener approach. Let's let's see what they do when we give them these looks. The second and third quarter is a game of adjustments. You adjust in the second quarter, you adjust coming out of halftime, and then the fourth quarter is a standalone game, right? Um, I guarantee you at the end of the day, the coaches aren't going, well, how many, how many yards do we have? <laughs> you know, the penalties, right. of course, because they feel like they can control that. You know, the penalties are typically a direct reflection on the coaching staff and how disciplined they're being on the players. That or your general manager is – focusing too much on raw, quote-unquote, talent as opposed to someone who has a a, uh, a track record, a history of not having many penalties, right? I think some of that comes into play too. But it seems like the penalties are starting to clean up a little bit here of late, and that's a good thing for sure. Um, Chris N. says, uh, I was thinking about asking Clayton and Tim about starting a Discord chat for the group. We've thought about it, Chris. Um, I've got a Patreon account too, but I don't, I don't like to use it because, you know, Patreon is, hey, will you guys send me money? And the only reason we're doing the stuff here on YouTube is because it's kind of baked into the equation. Now, listen, YouTube gets their cut. Don't get me wrong. They, uh, they, uh, they're going to make theirs, but for the platform and everything. But as far as the Discord chat, I love what we're doing here in this chat, you know. And I don't want to disrupt that. I don't want it to turn into something where, all right, the conversation is just going twenty four seven in a Discord, and then we get online and we don't have these in real time conversations, right? So uh, that's the reason we've gone away from the call in line, right? is because with the call-in line, sometimes you only have time to take two or three callers. 
And in the chat, you guys are constantly communicating with each other. We can pluck the chat out and we can cover more ground that way. Tim, what do you think about the Discord chat, man? Do you is that something you'd be interested in or no? Um, I might as well be Bill Belichick with that stuff. I have no <laughs> idea what that like you're speaking <laughs> you're speaking a foreign language to me. I'm showing my age a little Twitter, bit. What did you say? Twitter face? What I'm not on the, the Twitter face, whatever you said. Insta face or whatever. Yeah, I've Discord. Discord is basically, it's an app online. You can get it for your phone and you can get it through like desktop browser. I'm in several Discord chats. Okay. And it's just a chat, you know, where everybody, it's it's essentially a glorified text thread with people, you know, that you can you can kind of hand put, handpick and add to it. It's used a lot in the gaming community. Every Discord chat I'm a part of, I'm a part of way too many. I find myself going, I can't keep up with this. That's why I really kind of deter from it a bit and want to focus on this. But anyway, Bleed Green in the chat said, Matt's not a problem. Um, I don't know why people think that the man has the youngest team in the league and has them in a position right now to control their own destiny. You should already be cutting Matt uh, some slack. I agree with that. And listen, I was hard on Matt early in the year. I wasn't screaming to fire him. I wasn't screaming. And it's okay if you did. Look, nobody's telling you how to fan. Nobody's telling you how to think. The problem I had was everything that Aaron Rodgers said last year about the, the offense being too complex, the blocking scheme, you're trying to do too much at one time. And by his own, you know, admit admittance there, uh, Matt LaFleur said he's a glutton for punishment, right? He's His personality is one of those types of when his mind gets set on something, no, we can do this. We can do this. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Like you had Aaron say, we need to simplify things. Matt was asked about the press and Matt said, I don't know what that means. He just moved on, right? So um, it's something that, uh, I don't know, it, you know, in my opinion, um, I, yeah, I think Matt's caught too much criticism. Again, what I've said all year long, Tim, is when they were struggling, I'm going, man, I hope that that Goody and Mark Murphy didn't just, you know, walk him out to be the sacrificial lamb, right, because you put him in a position to not be very successful. And in my opinion, this team is overachieving based on the fact they're the youngest team in the league, first-year starter, traded away your best defensive player, one of your best defensive players, all those things, right? We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's a testament to Coach LaFleur what we're seeing right now because we are seeing improvement. You know, and we can talk all day long about how how well this team is coached or not, or how many plays you like and what plays you don't like. Um, I think we're looking a lot better than we did early in the year. And you know, if you really look back at the statement, it's true. You know, you do. You got a bunch of young players. You got a first year starter. Did we really expect this team to come out and go? You know, six and zero out of the gate. Like there, there were going to be bumps in the road. And you know, we fan with our hearts. I'm guilty of that. I always say I fan with my heart more than my mind. I'm. I'm working on that and uh, trying to get better at, you know, fanning with my brain here. And now my brain is telling me to just, you know, relax, chill out, let this team develop, enjoy the ride. And uh, I love where we're at right now. You know, that's well said in a position right now to control their own destiny, you know, and cutting, cutting Matt some slack is a great way of putting it. Um, We could say put some spec on his name. You know, we could say that too. Uh, like we said about Joe Barry. Um, but I do, I like, I like coach LaFleur and, um, you know, realistically he's, you know, you got a young team. I, I think him being younger himself, you know, in that echelon of these younger head coaches, that's an asset as far as relating to these players and connecting with these guys and trying to find a way to get the best out of them. And I think we're starting to see this team really truly come together and, and find an identity, you know, we, yeah. we talk about what is the identity of this team? Well, right now it looks like, you know, this the identity of this team is you know shock the world we're the underdog they 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 doubt us we were supposed to win four games this year we were you know there's no way we were supposed to be talking about playoffs no. going into into december um there's no way this team was going to go on a tear it's like well get ready strap yourself in cuz that's that's what it looks like we're heading for so uh yeah man put some spec on uh coach lafleur's name there right yeah well joe Barry, too my man Bleeding green and gold in the chat says pressure Taylor Swift and we're good. Oh my god! <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> oh, we're gonna give him some. Tim, now that we know that till, bugs you, cannot wait till this week is over. <laughs> now that we know that that bugs you, guys, you know what to do in the chat. Let's let's hammer this thing home. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it is hilarious how it's kind of taken on a. A life of its own there for sure. Um, let's see, Ethan in the chat. What's up, Ethan? Appreciate you swinging through. Said a little worried about jo- John Runyon Jr. and Josh trying to block Chris Jones. I'm talking about Josh Myers, of course. Anyway, the tight ends can chip, block, interior, D-tackle to counter that. Or is that more keeping the running backs back to block? Um, essentially, what you have is what we talked about last night. I'm not sure if you are in here, Ethan. All you got to do uh, to get that isolation you're looking for is to put that interior defensive lineman on a four-eye tech, which is the inside shoulder of the tackle, in conjunction with a, a wide nine or even a, a seven tech, right, um, on the on the same side. It forces the tackle to fan out. Now, in that scenario right there, the tight end could handle the wide nine and the tackle and the guard try to double-team that four-eye, but the problem is you've got a tight end on the edge now, right, and there's where the disadvantage lies. So 
Um, you know, that's the thing that we've all got to take into consideration. And this is what I've had to learn over the years as far as, you know, how, how football actually works as opposed to the emotional roller coaster of listening to people who don't know what the hell they're talking about, get drunk and talk ball, right, is every answer you've got for any situation, there's going to be a negative reaction, right? If you say, okay, we're going to take this away, then it opens something up. It's what makes the game so great. You know, every offensive play, believe it or not, within the West Coast, especially the West Coast spread offense, there's an answer to the equation every single play, no matter what the defensive call is. Now, the problem with LaFleur's offense is that that same mindset can't apply. In some cases, you kind of paint yourself into a corner. Um, because you're going so condensed, you can't use every inch of the field horizontally, and the defense is not going to be as as stressed vertically because they're covering a a tighter circle, if you will, right? All all football is is attacking space and defending space. That's all it is. So when you condense things the way that the LaFleur, the Shanahan system likes to do, what you're doing is you're limiting how much of that ground you can actually attack, and you're limiting – uh, the amount of ground that the defense has to protect. As simple as that sounds, I mean, it really that's the game of football. So when you talk about how do you how do you counter that, this and that, if you're going to stop him on the interior, um, if he's just going to line up in a one-tech, double-team the heck out of him. That's how you stop him. You say he's the mock every play, double him. I want a double-team on him. Okay, if the double-team is set to him, then I know, okay, the tackle's got the wide nine. This is protection setting here. The tackle's got the wide nine. The guard in the center is going to handle Chris Jones. All right. So over here, you've got a single block on the on the the other D tackle. You've got a single block with your left tackle on the other wide nine, seven, five, whatever tech they're using on the opposite edge. Any other blitzer that comes, you got to have a running back in to pick that up. Okay. He's going out in the route. Then I know that's a free runner. That's on me. That's on the quarterback. And if that's the case and you see that free runner, the slot receiver now or the Y flex now has to understand or the U, whichever side it's on has to understand if that guy fires, he's a free runner, you got to be my hot read right here, which basically means give me a quick look and be ready for the ball, right? Um, those are the things that we struggle with early in the year, and I feel like Jordan Love has started to kind of do better with that. It's funny, this this episode was supposed to be about the defense, and the chat is just absolutely lighting up about the offense. Right? That's the way it goes. So Jeff in the chat said, I don't think we should play a bend, don't break defense. I say we attack them, play to win, call the game to win get after them, dare I say, show no respect. That's uh, That sounds great on the surface, Jeff, but, again, what we just talked about, right? Um, if to every every action is a equal but opposite reaction, okay? Let me give you an example. What set the tone for the Packers against the Lions? It was that very first play, right, Tim? 53 yards down the field to Christian. Why was that play able to work? Because they went single high safety, man coverage, they played aggressive. They played aggressive. We capitalized. You hit an explosive play right off the bat, which triples your chances of scoring on that drive. They were on their heels the rest of the day because they wanted to be aggressive on defense. That's why people, when you say, I don't like the bend but don't break, understand that's the opposite side of it. So now you got to ask yourself, okay, yeah, I want to be aggressive. Okay, so you're trusting Carrington Valentine possibly Corey Ballantyne or Jair Alexander to stop Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, right? Because if they hit an explosive right out of the gate, 
hold on tight. It's going to be a long game, right? Because it's going to you're going to turn into a shootout. I think we would all agree, Tim. We don't want to get into a shootout with Pat Mahomes, right? No, no, we don't. Like I said, I feel like a grinder of a game is going to favor us. You know, we want to. Uh, now, I will agree with the sentiment of I say we attack them, um, and you can mix that aggression in to your to your scheme. You know, you can dial up a. You know, you can dial up a crazy blitz out of nowhere. We've seen that be effective. You know, you're playing a certain way. You're, you know, shell coverage or, you know, keep it all in front of you guys. Don't get beat over the top. And then, you know, situationally, you find a time, bam, you go, you know, man match, whatever. And we we send an extra guy in the box. We're blitzing. Send the pressure. And then your opponent's like, whoa. And then it works. And then, okay, you got to go back. You know, it's kind of stick and move, right? You right. can't just jump in the ring and start throwing haymakers. You're going to get knocked out. And that's out. my style. Don't get me wrong. That's my that's, that's my personality, Tim. It's yeah. like, well, that's oh, great yeah. for a street fight, but <laughs> that ain't going to work in the ring. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. It's uh, So, God, do- I mean, I don't think sheer naked aggression on, on defense trying to attack this Kansas City offense is the answer, but I do think you have to you have, to have that. And a lot of what, what he's saying there, too, is a, a mindset, too. I'd like to see everybody on this defense unify with that Rashawn Gary mindset that we're just going to go out there and we're going to play harder and tougher and faster and smarter than they are, you know? And so, you know, mixing in a little bit of the aggressive uh, play calls is, is great. Cause you don't, I definitely don't want to see that, you know, too much respect and we're playing off all day long and we're just giving up the middle, giving up the underneath, you know, but Ben, but don't break as a philosophy is why we're where we are right now, guys. It has worked. It, you know, it does work when you're doing things right. But, you know, you need a little bit of aggressive play calling in there to uh, balance that out, I believe. So I think there's a lot of truth to what uh, he said there. Yeah, no doubt. Adam Block said Kimbo Sloss, and number one Packer fan, says Clay's out here swinging wide and out of breath. Two <laughs> minutes into the fight. <laughs> Over a stuck and win, bro. <laughs> Bleed green uh, in the chat says, if Joe Barry skins up a dub for the Packers, I take back everything bad I said about him because this game is going to be won by the defense. I, I completely agree. Um, and again, if they come out there and the defense drops a drops an egg, right? Like if they come out there and they, they fall apart against the Chiefs, I'm not going to be screaming fire Joe Barry. I'm not going to be screaming this defense sucks. Guys, let's be realistic here one of the best offenses in the game, one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. You got to have these – I know people like, you know, like Cal in here, I think it's Cal or Kai. Cal thinks says, you guys are depressing me. Uh, come on, guys, we're at Lambeau. Teams play slower here. That's cool, man. You want to look at it that way. We're we're going to talk about, hey, here's how we see the game and how it could possibly play out, right? Not, we can agree to disagree, no big deal. Um, but to sit here and pretend like, okay, if they do give up 30 points, fire everybody again, come on, let's – a slower row here. Do I think they'll give up 30 points? I don't think so. If you play Ben, but don't break. Now, if you come out here being aggressive, yeah. If you if you tell me we're going to come out and blitz and play press man, yeah, and and do you think they'll score 20 points or 30 points? I'm probably taking the over there, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, um, I don't want to play that that way and hope their receivers are still dropping dropping these passes. I don't want to take that risk. Really another don't. stat. Another stat to look at too, Tim, is like interception percentage right we talked about that that's a good way to gauge okay how how well are quarterbacks protecting the football well think about that percentage this is what doesn't make sense to me when people say well I, w- I would much rather them score I've heard I've heard people this year say I would rather them score quick than go on a long drive and come over the field goal I would rather them score seven points quick 
then then do a 10 or 12 play drive and come away with a field goal. I'm going, what are you, what, what are we doing here? Are we talking about fourth quarter? There's a minute <laughs> left. You've got, you know, right. You want to let them in so you can go down and get it back. Maybe that makes it's, sense. No, it's, it's just, it's like, anyway, with the interception percentage, think about this. The, the longer you make them go down the field, the more plays you make them run, you're getting closer to that next interception, that next turnover. More things have to go right for that offense consistently, right, as opposed to just let's give them a shot play here. That's just insane to me. I just I, I refuse to buy into that. But, again, I'm a conservative type person. My personality is very, very, hey, look, what are the, what are the consequences here? Okay, what's the pros and cons? Yeah, let's let's kind of err on the caution just a touch, and let's be smart about this. That's a very boring way to live your life, by the way. But hey, it is what it is. Um, let's talk about the defense, okay? But first, we got to talk about their offense, Tim. Um, if you look at their PFF grades here, um, Patrick Mahomes eighty nine point one, Travis Kelsey eighty three point zero, Rasheed Rice eighty two point five, Nick. Allegretti, Allegretti, I think is how you say it. Guard, only four snaps, 80.4. Isaiah Pacheco, that's your boy right there, Tim. Um, 427 snaps, 79.1, solid back. Creed Humphrey, turn turn away, guys, for just a second. Uh, oh, that, look at that center. Wow, they got them a center, huh? You're not allowed to talk about it, Tim. The gatekeeper said you're not allowed to talk about it. 79.0 PFF grade. There were people earlier this year saying that Creed Humphrey, well, look, you know, he's not that much better than Josh Myers. Look at this cat. 79.0, 76.4 pass blocking grade, 78.4 run blocking grade. It just it blows my mind how people try to fit a narrative. To, listen, if he was booty cheeks and Josh Myers was grading out better, you would be hearing me say, hey, I was wrong about Myers. Myers is a better center. But it's not even close, man. Yep. Uh, Trey Smith, a guard, 72.6. Joe Tooney, a 70.8. Both of those guys, all three of those offensive linemen have over 700 snaps. They play pretty much all, every snap this year. So you're seeing three solid interior offensive linemen right there, right, as far as the grade. Now, I don't know. There may be injuries involved there. We'll look at the PFF matchup here in a second. I'm sure there is. Let's do it right now, actually. Uh, Center Creed Humphrey, obviously we know who he is. Trey Smith at guard and Joe Tooney at guard. Let's see. If they're in here, Joe Tooney. Yep, right there they are. So you see they're uh, they're right in the middle in PFF there. So the overall grade, obviously, a little bit different than when we uh, grab this screenshot. So it's, it's definitely worth mentioning there, though, for sure. Um, McCole Hardman, obviously, I think he's out, if I remember correctly, but a 66.6. Justin Watson, 64.9. Kadarius Toney, uh, 63.2. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, 63.1. So when you look at it from that perspective, the big one that sticks out to me, man, and we talked about this, Tim, obviously you got Travis Kelsey, but Rasheed Ross is really starting to turn it on. Solid wide receiver there at 82.5. We've got a video from Brian Baldinger real quick I want to hit, and let's hear what he had to say about Rasheed Rice. Here is Rasheed Rice. Had his best game as a chief on Sunday. And here on third down and eight, down 14 nothing. Like on this crossing route, everybody's crossing, man coverage. He wins, Mahomes gets him the ball. All right, now you get this situation right here. Mahomes right here, whatever the play was, when he brings the ball down, that play's over. Now, here's the new play. Watch Rishi Rice. Sees Mahomes gets out, what's he do? He gets the open spot, and Mahomes finds him. That's really what they need. Somebody that can find his vision the way he does. Like this route right here is a pretty sick route. Mahomes gave him a chance with it, too and put it right on the back shoulder. Nice job staying in bounds, all right? And then this right here. Like, this is just wild, what happens on this play. 
Big moment here in the fourth quarter. It's third and six. All right, now let's watch what happens because the Raiders completely blow this coverage. All right, there's MVS right there, hand up in the air. They blow it. But Mahomes is looking for Rishi Rice all the way, and he finishes it 38 yards for a touchdown. And when you watch it, you got crossers with Justin Watson right here. But really, Mahomes is looking for Rice all the way, and he gets it to him, and then he finishes. Maybe Rishi can be that receiver down the stretch that Mahomes really leans on. I mean, but, Tim, when, but when please get... tell me more about how we should play man up and press man, and we need to be in man. Please, please, guys, tell us more. <laughs> it's just wild, man, because, I mean, you've seen even that play, he had MVS wide open. It's almost like Mahomes said, you know what? He's dropped way too many balls. I'm just going to go right here to Rishi. <laughs> but, yeah, that's – when you – when you've got an offense like Kansas City and the way they can attack on the fly, the last thing you want to do is basically tell when, – when you play man coverage, guys, this is another aspect of it too that I've learned. When you play man coverage, you're telling the offense exactly what you're doing. You're saying, hey, look, this guy's covering this guy. We got single high safety. You may do a little late invert rotation and bring another safety up and go two man under or what have you. But for the most part, you're telling them exactly what you're doing. When you play shell coverage, quarters look, zone match principles, there's like 10 different variances that you could be running. It could be the safety is going to late rotate down and cover the flat, and the backer is going to carry the seam. It could be the backer is going to cover the flat, and the safety's going to drop back. It could be the corner on the boundary could be attacking the flat, the safety rolling over the top and running a little invert Tampa too. Like there, there is like 10 different variations you can run. If you don't even know what you're running, and what I mean by that is it's if and then. If the number two receiver carry goes hits the seam, the backer will carry him down the seam, or the safety will pick him up and it becomes man coverage. That's what zone match is, okay? Um, it, it, if you don't even know what you're going to run because you don't know what routes they're going to run, how the heck is the quarterback going to know? So when it comes to Pat Mahomes, again, what are the four aspects of playing quarterback in the league? Accuracy, right? Pre-snap decision post-snap decision, and quick release. Those are the four things that are most important to me. Notice you didn't hear arm strength, right? I always point that out. So if pre-snap and post-snap, you know, reading, recognizing, decision-making, all those things are two of four of the most important things that a quarterback does, you can eliminate one of them, right, by playing two on the shelf all the time. When you show two on the shelf, when you show shell coverage, there's nothing to read pre-snap. He's going to come out and go, okay, well, I guess middle field's open, and then you do the late rotation. So what you're doing is you're maximizing the opportunity of those two aspects of the four most important things that go into playing quarterback in the NFL, which is you're you're showing the same exact look pre-snap, and you're forcing them to read the defense every single play post-snap. When you're playing press man, when you're playing man, when you're just playing catch man, right, three, four, five yards off the line, and you're just playing catch man, even then they know it's man coverage. You remove the post-snap read. Uh, you know, you, you and, and we all know, Tim, it was pretty famously stated by Pat Mahomes early in his career. It was like it wasn't until his second or third year in the league that he said, I need to start reading defense. He wasn't even reading defenses, right? So that's one aspect of the game where he will be careless with the ball at times, but you ain't got to worry about him being careless with the ball or they don't have to worry about it when they know what you're running. And that's exactly what man coverage is, right? Yep, exactly. That's why, you know, man match has, has seemed to work better for us 
you know, and we don't do, we're, we're not known for the super exotic uh, pre-snap deception. Like some of these other defenses are, you know, we talked about Detroit, like they like to do that. Of course it didn't work so well against us. Um, but I agree, man. We, we've got to stay within the principles of the, uh, this quarter's concepts if we want to uh, have success against Kansas City. We have to be disciplined and stay in that because, you know, it's going to be tempting to be aggressive. It's going to be attempting to leave your leave your area and try and jump a route or, you know, get a guy get in on a play. That's when you open yourself up to the explosive. And it's like, my gosh, I can't believe we have to keep saying this. It's Patrick freaking Mahomes, the, the, <laughs> the king of the freaking explosive play. So this is not the game to start screwing around. You know, it's not. This is a guy who gets, honestly, gets better sometimes the more pressure you throw at him. And yep. we've got to be disciplined on the back end. And we, and we do. We have to stay within the scheme. I know it sounds boring. I know I sound like Joe Barry's assistant right now, but yeah, get you do. a cardboard cutout. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But hey, um, I believe in it, and I believe uh, we've, we've got to be disciplined and and uh, play in the scheme if we want a chance to uh, to uh, beat Kansas City. Because Ben, but don't break is exactly what you need to do on on a team like this, guys. You you do. I'm not saying don't mix in the blitzes. I'm not saying don't be aggressive situationally. You know, if we're in a situation, if we're in a, they're in the red zone on us and we're backed up. Yeah. Let's go Meg. Let's go mod. Let's go whatever, <laughs> you know, get aggressive. I like a little press man. If they've got three yards to go to score at the goal line, you want to, you want to play aggressive there, but you know, not in the middle of a drive and getting lit up 60 yards by Pat Mahomes. That's not, that's not going to be the look for us. I don't think. Right. And again, everything Tim just said, I looked it up to confirm here real quick. Um, cause I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse when it comes to tendencies with teams, defensive identity, offensive identity, all those things. When he says stick to the scheme, that doesn't mean you're playing quarter zone spot drop every play. It means stick to what you're doing. It's working. And the fact of the matter, I actually asked somebody this uh, online earlier because they were, you know, they were basically all he does is play Joe Barry plays them off the ball and he has Preston Smith in coverage every play. It's like, Jesus, have God. another cocktail. Yeah. Have you another one? Go go get drunk with the uh, the other casuals and pretend like you understand what's happening on the field because it's just insane, man. Like man coverage, we've ran man coverage twenty four percent of our defensive snaps this year. A quarter of our snaps, a quarter of our snaps on defense, we've ran man coverage this year. And they they, they hear someone else say it and just think, oh well, that's the problem. That's what's going. On. Oh look, they are playing off the ball. It's like. It doesn't even matter what the result of the play is either. They'll just take a screen grab. It'll be a third and eight, Tim. Yeah. They'll take a screen grab of a corner playing off the line, and they'll say, look, Joe Barry's doing it again. And they won't even mention that there was a that, that stopped them when we had a punt. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> forget the results. I've just got to make sure I'm right. It's just insanity, man. It's absolute yep. insanity. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's hit the PFF real quick. Uh, here are our matchups as far as base defense, Tim. We'll kill the cam so our old – Eyes can get up here next to the screen and read this. I'm, I apologize for it being a little blurry. I'm trying my best to uh, to get this uh, system down, but for whatever reason, it is still coming out kind of blurry. But anyway, when you look at their offensive line up front, at left tackle, 55.1 Smith. You got Tooney at left guard, 70.8. You got Creed Humphrey at 79.0 in center. You've got right guard Smith at uh, 72.6. And you got Taylor at right tackle, 51.8. If you notice here, um, the uh, – the weak spots on this offensive line are the are the uh, offensive tackles, right? And it's kind of rare that you have a left tackle 
Um, you know, obviously protecting the blind side of the quarterback, it's kind of rare that you have such a low-graded left tackle. I mean, we would all agree Rasheed Walker's played better. Let's go actually go to our offense real quick. Let's just look. Yeah, Rasheed Walker's yep. 63.1, right? So it's obvious that the Chiefs have built this offensive line from the inside out, and it's something we talked about is how important center is. Some of the best offenses in the game. Look at Philadelphia, one of the best centers in the game, right? Look at uh, Kansas City here, Creed Humphrey, the seventh highest rated center. They're building from the inside out. So if you're going to get pressure, got to get it on the edge, right? So when you look at our 34 front base, uh, TJ Slayton is continuing to drop down the PFF rankings, but Kenny Clark at right end, 67.5. He started to turn it on here lately. You've got Devontae Wyatt at left end, 63.0, and then nose tackle TJ Slayton at 57.7. Now, you've got to include our edge defenders in this front, right? We're kind of going our front five against their front five because typically we'll show a jam front um, when we're in our 34 base, which simply means five guys on the line of scrimmage, both guards covered, okay? That's essentially what – it's a very loose way of describe, describing jam cover, or jam uh, fronts, but – it is. Uh, it's. It's a pretty easy way to understand. When you say jam, it means five guys. Five guys on the line of scrimmage, both guards covered up, uh, along with the nose over the center. So, Gary at eighty six point one. Preston Smith at seventy two point four. Notice they're putting Gary on the right side now, Tim. Pretty cool. Do you see him in that Detroit game? Moved him around a little bit more to the right side, and he caused three fumbles. I think what PFF is saying here, or caused two fumbles. I think what PFF is saying here is. You might see a little more Gary rushing the backside of these right-handed quarterbacks. But uh, what do you think about that offensive line matched up against our front five? I think it's prime for a great performance for our edge rushers. You know, they're they're weak on the outside, to be honest. And they're going to have to send, you know, chips or they're going to have to send help however they can too. You know, I'm sure they're going to pull a guard on run plays too and or, or, or a running back, whatever it is, blocking by committee. But we have to do whatever it takes. I agree with moving Rashawn around. I think he's versatile enough. Um, he looks good on both sides of that line. But um, if we're finding more success from that right side, then the, then let's have him there, right? Um, but yeah, man, I think Kansas City is gonna they're gonna throw some extra help there uh, to contain uh, Rashawn's side of the field for sure. If anything, it, it's kind of like what we were dealing with with Hutchinson in Detroit, right? I think Kansas City is gonna be conscious. Of what of our edge rushers, and they're gonna they're gonna have an answer. So we have to be ready to adjust and adapt. I really think, um, you know, looking at this setup here and just in our base, man. I mean, our linebacker play in the middle is gonna be crucial in this sure. game, absolutely crucial because that's that's the spot of the field they're gonna attack. And you know, hopefully Dre is good to go. Um, and, you know, hopefully Quay Walker is, is, you know, feeling better after coming off of that grind. He's been, you know, slowly getting back to his playing speed here. Um, and those two guys are certainly capable of handling coverage situations. Um, so I, I think linebacker play is going to be clutch in this game for the Packers. Yeah, for sure. Jim Tyson in the chat, Tim, you'll appreciate this. Says at the end of the day, personnel and schemes don't really matter to me because the player is going to play, 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 play. And the haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Yeah, listen, I, I've heard a couple of Taylor Swift songs. All right, I know I'm a Mr. Boomer over here, but uh, how does that make you feel, Tim? I see the, the, the chat. Taylor wanted, Swift. How does what it feel thing? being the only person in the world that just doesn't get it when, when it comes to her? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I I'll sit here all by my lonesome. It's all right. We'll be all right. I love it, man. 65% of the time, it pisses Tim off every time. 65%. 65.
All right. So let's look at the tight ends. You got Gray to 62.3. Of course, Kelsey, 83.0, the third highest graded tight end. Um, now, who's going to be covering Kelsey? That's a great question, right? All of us. Yeah, everybody. Are you going to be bracket covering, right? That's going to be the big question. There'll probably be a little bit of bracket, but I don't think you should waver too far away from your your game plan. What we've seen, what we've seen against the LA Chargers down the stretch in the fourth quarter is they began bracketing Keenan Allen a bit, right? With the nickel, uh, with the nickel corner and one of the safeties. They were kind of clamping him, right? Uh, one on the outside, one on the inside, that type of coverage, especially in, in crucial third downs. So if you're going to approach it that way. You can't put a corner on Kelsey. It's probably going to have to be double coverage with a linebacker and a safety would be my my that would be my assessment. Now, if you're not worried about the run, maybe you do put an extra DB in there and have Keyshawn try to cover him with a little bracket from from Owens over the top. I don't like that idea personally. I think you should just try to play your scheme, play a little zone match, make Pat read it out, and uh and kind of be prepared. You know, take away their top three plays. That should be the game plan going in this game. Go watch the tape. What are their top three concepts, passing concepts, route combinations that they're, that they're running to get Kelsey the ball? Key in on that, play with that kind of tech. Basically meaning, let's say, I'm trying to think, let's say, uh, let's not say dagger. Let's say, uh, you know, like a uh, a combination of a, a, a sit, like a curl with a dig choice, okay? So basically Kelsey has the option to run a sit or a dig, right? And he's going to make the choice when he gets into his route. Mahomes is just going to stare him down, and it's either going to be a sit or a dig based off what the underneath coverage has done. What you can do is have you know the linebacker say Campbell make sure he knows going into the game plan. This is just theoretically speaking how you could kind of game plan and take away certain concepts. You could have Campbell's approach be you play aggressive underneath, take away the curl. Owens, you cheat to the inside. Now by doing that, like we talked about earlier. For, with every action comes an opposite but equal reaction. You're give you're very vulnerable on the deep corner route. So maybe you don't want to play that aggressive, right? Because with that deep corner, if the safety clamps down inside to take care to take away the choice dig, then if he decides to choice it off to a corner route, you're burnt deep, especially if you have like in this situation, Watson on the outside run a sit or a quick out, that's going to tie up Valentine and take him away from that deep corner. So all these things are going to come into play. You could also have Campbell try to cheat to the outside shoulder and Walker cheat to the inside. That's going to keep um, – if you're in base, I feel okay about that if they're not running the ball consistently. But if you're in nickel, then obviously they're going to be having – I think it's Rasheed Rice in the slot. Let's actually trigger it here real quick and pull it up. You're going to make yourself very vulnerable to the slot attacking, right? So, if you approach it in saying, "Okay, we're going to take away Travis Kelsey from this game," it's going to give Rasheed Rice a whole lot of opportunity to make plays. One thing I would, I feel very comfortable saying, don't worry about MBS, don't worry about Watson. If they beat you, they beat you. But let's try to take away Rice and Kelsey from this offense. But when you look at it from the eleven personnel, Rasheed Rice kicks into the slot, and we just seen Baldy break down some explosive plays there. Nixon's going to be covering him. Are you telling me that you want 82.5 Rasheed Rice single covered by 60.5 Keyshawn Nixon? Let's just play press man and be aggressive. I don't like that game plan, Tim. No, I don't either. And that's not a knock on Keyshawn at all. And PFF, like we always say, isn't everything. It's 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 one of our favorite metrics, but it's not it's not everything. And I will say, all in all, we thought Keyshawn was going to be a lot more of a liability in the slot than I think he has been as of late. I think he's been playing better 
as a slot corner. Um, we've talked about the possibility of bringing Darnell Savage in on that role a little bit at times coming off of the injury too. Um, but you're right, man. It's, this is not, that's not going to be a good look um, one-on-one uh, slot or not, you know, boundary or not. We have to, we have to take this approach, especially in 11, when they're in 11, we have to, uh, it's got to be a uh, defense by committee, you know, and we can't, if we're, yeah, you're right. If we're going to worry about single players, it's going to be Kelsey or, or Rice. Um, but we have to play as a unit out there. And, and Kansas City will change things up at the drop of a dime. Just when you think they're they're playing one way, they're going to play a different way. So, um, you know, yeah, bracketing is going to help. Uh, but again, it goes down to, it goes down to uh, inside linebacker play. I, I'm telling you, something's just telling me that if we get great performances from our our inside linebackers, it's going to give us a better chance to stop this uh, Kansas City offense because they will light you up underneath and get yards after the catch left and right. We haven't even talked about um, Isaiah Pacheco yet because, you know, he's a threat in the passing game too. So there's there's a lot of moving pieces, and uh, we've, we've got to be on our A game, man, 100% of the time because, uh, you know, we talk about limiting explosive plays. Well, we know Kansas City has an explosive offense, you know, when they're hot. So we can't let them get there. Can't let them get hot. So, yeah, I mean, definitely Keyshawn solo dolo in the slot against Rice is not not a good look. Yeah, definitely. A-Fam in the chat said, I think Quay and Campbell are going to get cooked, I think, but we'll still be in the game. Um, he's going to get his, man. Kelsey's going to get his. He's one of the best to ever do it, right? It's just can you limit the explosive plays? Can you keep it in front of you? And that's why it's like – the other thing, too, that AFAM said, and, and of course, he, he's not saying intentionally try to hurt someone, but he's just saying when when people make those catches across the middle, you got to make them pay. That's football. That's a game of football. He said, got to try to crack his ribs, question mark, leading with the shoulder, of course, in between the whistles, playing as clean as you can, of course, right? Um, yeah. You've got you to make that receiver believe you will hit him. That's Absolutely. the other thing. He's got a lot of guys drop passes coming over the middle because they're bracing for the hit before it happens. I know or I would be. <laughs> yeah, or they're turning their head to look for the the pressure before it happens, and then they lose. They're not tracking the ball. But if they're catching darts over the middle all day on you, they're gonna a receiver or a tight end, whoever is gonna they're gonna get a little less fearless, or uh, they're gonna be less fearful of of your defense if they're not taking those shots. So you're absolutely right. Get in there and lower the boom when you get an opportunity. Yeah, Cheesehead Murph in the house says Keyshawn owes us two two interceptions. Yes, he does. And then Paul Robertson says Jair owes us at least two interceptions. Yes, he does. Let's cash in on those four. What do you think, guys? Let's let's get those on Sunday, please and thank you. Um, Bleed Green said, if Ja plays, do you think they have him follow Rice? This is the this is the great question, Bleed Green. And uh, everyone always talks about. I don't understand why we don't just put our number one on their number one, right? Um, you can do that, but you have to be in man coverage one hundred percent of the time. Right. And the reason being is if you come out and you play zone match, you call your normal defense. Right. And I'm not suggesting you're saying we should do that. You're just asking the question. I think it's a valid question. You will see from time to time. I think Jire will be matched up on him. You will see him follow him when we're in a true man coverage call. But the problem with there's some people that think you can just have him line up over him constantly. Right. And just run your normal defense. That's not an option. And the reason being is because you've got zone match principles. You can't control whether you're covering him or not when you're playing zone match, right? It's if and then. If he does this, then I may not be covering him. It goes both ways, right? So um, the other thing, too, is let's say they put him in the slot. you got Keyshawn lined up over him in the slot, and you're in zone match. 
and they motion him to the other side. If if uh, Jair follows him, I think I said Keyshawn, I meant Jair. If Jair follows him across the formation, the entire defense changes now. Everybody has to know where they're – like if he goes over, now someone's got to cover the other side. You want to know what happens when you do that? I pause for dramatic effect. You end up with Preston Smith covering a wide receiver somewhere. <laughs> right. Getting a PBU, though. Come on now. <laughs> right. We'll talk and, about our backup slot corner like that. And it's something <laughs> – it's a necessary evil when you play 34 base. Now, the question is, how often are the Chiefs going to be in their base, you know, their base sets, right? That type of look. Are, are they going to run 12 the majority of the time? Are they in 11 the majority of the time? You hear me kind of filibustering here because I'm trying to pull up the 33rd team to give you guys that answer. So here we go. Let's see a uh, personnel, offensive identity. All right. And uh, top groups. So they're in 13 personnel 9% of the time. They're in 11 personnel 61% of the time. They're in 12 personnel 29% of the time. Okay. So where does that rank? They run 11 personnel, 22 – the the uh, as far as percentage ranking across the NFL, they they are 22nd in how often they run 11 personnel. So they're in the bottom half of the league in how much 11 personnel they run. They're in the top five in 13 personnel at three, and they're ranked fifth in 12 personnel. So this is a heavy 12 and 13 personnel team. Okay? So – when you look at it from that perspective, how how successful are they in 13 personnel? Their EPA ranking is seventh in the league, a legit top 10 offense with 13 personnel. 11 personnel, they're sixth, and 12 personnel, they're 13th. So they're going to do their damage with some of these heavier sets. I mean, when you if you were to just group 13 and 12 personnel together, Tim, and, and say, okay, that's one personnel grouping there, kind of a, anything other than 11 that's going to trigger your nickel, then you're looking at, what, 38% of the time. I mean, that's a big chunk of their offense where they're going to be in heavier sets. So it's important to look those things up and kind of keep your finger on the pulse there. So if we bounce back now to that base look, right, this is what they're going to be in the majority of the time. You're taking Keyshawn Nixon off the field, right? And hopefully Jair Alexander is playing. They've got him penciled in there at a 65.6. When you look at the secondary, you got Rudy Ford back there at 72.4 if they're expecting him to play. And then, of course, Jonathan Owens at 54.3 um, if all those guys are good to go. If they're in 12 and 13 personnel, you know, essentially what you're saying is you're replacing Keyshawn Nixon with TJ Slayton. I don't know how I feel about that, Tim. I don't, especially with a team that probably isn't running the ball very often. I'll try to pull that number. But what do you think about that whole personnel matchup right there, man? Well, yeah, I mean, like if they're – first of all, it must be nice to to be able to run 13 personnel. <laughs> have we, have and we they're in shotgun 83% of the time, so yeah, they're doing it out of the gun. That's wild. Yeah, it's wild, right? Um, but, you know, as far as 12, I mean, going big, you know, when they're in these big sets like that, this is kind of what I – you know what I just mentioned, you know, our, our, our middle linebackers have got to step up and you, and you know, whether or not Kansas city is going to run um, out of that set is irrelevant. You've got to stay disciplined in the middle of the field. You can't get caught. You can't get caught chasing. Uh, you can't get caught uh, jumping or biting. Um, and, you know, like I said, whether it's Kelsey or whether it's, you know, Mahomes doing it with his feet or Pacheco, you know, they're, you're, there are a lot of ways this offense can beat you. And, you know, we have to find a way to keep our best guys on the field. Now, I will say this. If we get an absolute dog 
of a game out of Big TJ and out of Kenny and out of Devontae Wyatt up front. And we've got a little Carl Brooks smattered in there and our edge rushers are doing a good job. I mean, it's a good look for us, but that's a lot of things that have to go right, you know, and Kansas City's offense is set up to make you look bad. That's what they do. Um, so I, I really think guys got to just, you know, it's almost like Josh Myers uh, had said to Paul Brettel before uh, last week's game when he said it's the little things. We got to do the little things correct. And, you know, one play at a time, one snap at a time. That was the mental mentality they had going into Detroit. And it absolutely paid off and it worked. And, yeah. you know, Detroit's offense, too, an electric offense at times. Right. We, we talked about their offense. Look what we were able to do against that Lions team. So I really think if everybody just does their job, I know it's it's oversimplifying here, but if you do your job, stay in your gap or, or hold your edge, you know, beat your man, win your matchup, you know, we can handle this team. But if we're out there shooting ourselves in the foot or we're missing reads or we're not picking up on personnel, we're not picking up on the subtle changes that are made, we're going to get lit up. So, you know, everyone's just got to be on their game when it, when it comes to this uh, – this heavy personnel, you know, I don't know how else we can uh, address that. Um, you know what I mean? Like we don't really have uh, big hard hitters in our secondary, you know, like who, who is that dude other than maybe J.O., right? Right. Yeah. Um, as far as what they do under center, they're only under center 17% of the time. That's the 26th lowest in the league. Their e- EPA ranking when they're under center is 26 or hot garbage. But the problem is they're in the gun 83% of the time. That's seventh most in the league, and their EPA rank is fourth. So they're going to be working out of the gun. Uh, They use motion 65% of the time, and they're really, really effective at it. Their EPA ranking when using motion is fifth. Without motion, 35% of the time, that's 29th in the league. So obviously they're a very, very motion-heavy team, and their EPA rank drops almost 10 spots to 14th when they're not using motion. So something to kind of – Keep yep. our eye on there for sure. I'd be willing to bet that if even that minority of the time when they are under center, I bet you most of those are play action. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the time, if he's going to be under center, they're running, you know, jet motion or something or play play action or or it's a run. It's one of the, you know, the rare run plays. But right. I don't, yeah, I don't expect to see that a lot. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see any kind of metric here that shows how often they run play action from under center, but their overall play action numbers I have. Uh, 23% of the time, that's 20th most in the league, so kind of in the bottom half, but their EPA is six. So play action's working. It's effective. They're just doing it from a shotgun, and again, they're leaning on a, a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. Still running the majority of 11, but more 11 – I'm sorry, more 12 and 13 personnel than most teams in the league for sure. So, man, we've uh, we covered a lot there, dude. That's good. That's good stuff. Appreciate the uh, chat kind of steering the conversation here too. Um, I guess it's time for us to – wrap this big bear up we were going to talk a, a few rookies but we'll carry that over to pta live tonight which by the way guys we're going to be going a, a little bit earlier this evening for pta live um what did we agree on tim you remember was it five you said five central yeah so we're going to be going five central uh six eastern for pta live the reason being i got some uh some family plans tonight uh doing some christmas activities that type of thing so uh with that being said, we'll be back at that time. I want to thank everybody in the chat. Tim, you got any parting thoughts while I pull these up here and, uh, and just give everybody a shout-out? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, shout-out to my boy, Tony. I see Tony in the chat. He'll be at the game Sunday night. And uh, hope you have fun. Say hi to Taylor Swift for me. Give her my regards. 
Um, no, I think this is going to be um, this is going to be one of those games, man. Sunday night football. This this like everything that's on the line, you know, for this game for us. I know there's people that say, oh, you know, if we're going to lose a game, this is the game to lose and this, that, and that. They're like, hey, I don't go into games thinking about how, how we're going to lose and how a loss isn't going to be a big deal. No, we're going to go in here and we're going to win. I'm sick and tired of seeing this team lose at Lambeau Field. They finally start st- are starting to protect Lambeau Field. We need to bring that back. We need to bring that, uh, you know, the, the little bit of healthy respect and fear teams used to have when they walk in this building. We haven't seen that in recent years. So I think this young team is on a on an effort to to bring that back. And, man, beating the Kansas City Chiefs at home on primetime following a big Thanksgiving Day win is exactly what this young team needs to continue their rise. So uh, I'm excited. And uh, guys, don't forget, smash the like button if you like what we're doing so we can uh, get this message out to more and more Packer fans uh, all over the globe. Um, Appreciate everybody for the support. Don't forget, become a member if you can, because we are giving away another jersey this weekend, Clayton. It's going to be, Clayton's got a Dorsey Levins jersey, correct? Going back. Going back old school right here. I like it. Yep. So uh, thank you guys all for the for the support and checking us out in the morning and at night. Um, hopefully we'll have injury report news uh, later. That should be coming out uh, sometime today. Yeah, we should have that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, be looking forward to chatting with you again this evening. Thank you to everybody uh, showed up in the chat for real. Yeah, this is a good conversation, man. This is what we would want a good morning Lambo to be is just wake up, grab a cup of coffee, and chat with everybody about the day ahead of us uh, surrounding the Green Bay Packers. So really appreciate everybody hanging out with us in here. You guys were absolutely awesome. Again, like Tim said, we'll give away that autographed Dorsey Levins jersey uh, for the YouTube members uh, who are a member of the PTA Posse there on YouTube. You just click on our homepage, click join. Uh, that's how you can get yourself into that uh, that contest to win that autograph. Uh, Dorsey Levin's jersey. So uh, we'll be spinning the wheel or come up with another create, creative way to pick a winner there during the post game show. It's going to be a late post game show, Tim, but I'm excited about it, man. Sunday night football under the lights at Lambeau. Like you said, we got a lot more to cover going to come through, uh, through the rest of the week here. Should have Paul Brettel on Thursday. I'm going to confirm with him. We'll get kind of his insight there, our Packers insider right there at 1265 Lombardi and kind of see what he's thinking about this Chiefs game going in. Really excited to hear his take on the Thanksgiving win over the lines. I know he was uh, just as excited as we were. So I uh, want to give a special shout-out to everyone in the chat with all of the uh, Taylor Swift quotes and uh, lyrics. Um, <laughs> appreciate the creativity. A couple of them I went, oh, that's right. She did have that song, didn't she? Got it, yeah. Um, coming from the music lover here, dude. I absolutely despise music. I just – Mandy, Mandy laughs at me and says, no, you don't, because you, you, I see you <laughs> listening to stuff when we're in the car. I'm not the guy that's like, let's listen to some music. Me, it's a documentary. I'll put you to sleep so quick, dude. It's a documentary. <laughs> it's, you know, something something informative. I've got to uh, I got to be learning something constantly or my mind will doze off. If, if I'm in the car, Tim, if it's not something informative, I'm sleeping. And it's funny because most people are like, how do you stay awake listening to that? It's just how my mind works. So anyway. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll be back tonight, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern for uh, uh, Packers Total Access Live. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go.